The national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new Toyota truck. Like a rugged half-ton Tundra, workhorse by nature, powerhouse by design, the Tundra combines raw capability with premium comfort and advanced tech to fuel your wildest adventures. And with the available iForce Max hybrid powertrain, you can take electrifying horsepower farther than ever before. Or check out the fully redesigned Tacoma, delivering trail-dominating power and captivating style. The new Tacoma was born to make your off-roading dreams come true. And with new available tech, this legendary truck is getting even better. And when you buy a Toyota truck, you buy Toyota dependability, meaning your truck will hold its value long into the future. So visit your local Toyota dealer and check out amazing national sales event deals when you visit buyatoyota.com. Toyota, let's go places. This is Fantasy Football Today from CBS Sports. On his way to the end zone. I'll tell you what I did was a spectacular play. It's time to dominate your fantasy league. What a play. Off to the races. Touchdown. Oh, he's done it again. Now here's some combination of Adam, Dave, Jamie, Heath, and Ben. Welcome to your Wednesday edition of FFT. We got some buy lows and sell highs. Are we looking to buy the Bears, guys? And the two main ones? Or are we just staying away how much should you get for cooper cup how much should you get from mike williams we will answer these questions we will also preview the thursday night game jacksonville and uh cincinnati remember joe mixon is a huge game last year maybe we can get that again he has he has joe mixon number two right number two in your rankings he is number two in my rankings yes hopefully he doesn't play like number two hey <laughs> 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 that's you, Dave. Yeah, let's, we're gonna go faster today. That's you, Dave. Uh, doing your your uh, Billy Madison. Eric. Laugh. Yeah. Uh, All right. Eric Weasel impersonation. Impersonation. Yeah. Thank you to Jonathan Hewen for uh, for that sound. Sound buddy. All right. Here, uh, let's get to buy low, sell high. Also, we have a guest coming on today. Remember, we did a St. Jude poker tournament a few uh, like a month ago, and the winner is joining us today to talk a little fantasy football. Um, is it Phil Hellmuth? <laughs> yeah, we should have let him in. Is it Daniel Negreanu? Shocking stat of the day. Guess who leads the NFL in intended air yards per pass attempt? Who's throwing the ball the farthest down the field per pass attempt? Lamar Jackson. Yeah. Good, good guess. Did, did you know Lamar Jackson is actually averaging the highest yards per pass attempt? Of his career and the highest yards per rush attempt of his career through three weeks. And imagine if Marquise Brown could catch last week, how much higher yes. the yards per. I've thought about it a lot as I've looked at a lot of my teams that lost. <laughs> yeah, right. What a letdown Thanks, it was. It's okay. He did good the first two weeks, so he'll bounce back. So, yeah, Lamar Jackson, I don't think we need to get too in-depth, but he's had two games with 19 or 20 fantasy points and six points for passing touchdown leagues. He's currently on pace for 1,339 rushing yards in 16 games. He's doing just fine and uh, some encouraging stuff. So let's get to your buy lows and sell highs. Uh, Heath, why don't you kick it off? Who are you looking to buy low on? Well, I think Lamar Jackson would have been a good one, but I'm going to give you a, a different one. Can you tell me the only player in NFL history with more career targets and zero touchdowns than Jacoby Myers? You mean to start a career or in or for what? their entire career? There is one player in the NFL who has had more targets than Jacoby Myers and never scored a touchdown. No, give I, me one I, hint. Not, one hint. He is currently an offensive coordinator in the NFL. Oh, well, now I gotta think. Yeah, Dave needs to get this. I do? Yeah, you can, you're, you know the is coordinator it, so well. Is it Matt Nagy? It, uh, he's, not, hmm. he's not an offensive coordinator. I have no idea. Who is it? Eric Bienemy. Oh, interesting. Hmm. Yes. Um, I, like, I think the loss of James White is going to meet a more stable role for Jacoby Myers in the passing game. And I think Jacoby Myers is eventually going to score a touchdown or two. So I do believe that Jacoby Myers will be a solid number three wide receiver the rest of the season. And he should be very, very close to free. 
Yeah, he's probably. I mean, going into yesterday, he was available in about sixty percent of leagues. I'll check his, or he was rostered in sixty percent of leagues. I'll check his roster percentage. All right, Jacoby Myers, sneaky buy low, certainly better in PPR. Dave, how about you, buy low? Uh, I mentioned it on FFT and five. I'll mention him again. Tyson Williams uh, coming off of the game that no one can figure out and that no one has asked John Harbaugh about. And I, I can't help but think that even after watching that game against Detroit, that he's their best running back. He's still got an edge in playing time ahead of both Latavius Murray and Devontae Freeman. I can't believe those guys are still in the league. Uh, I, and I, I think in time, the Ravens are going to go back to being a little bit more balanced. And it could happen as soon as this week as they try and rectify and, you know, go in the opposite direction of what they did the week before. So I'm okay trying to get him on the cheap. I was making trade offers. I was making silly trade offers for him before last week's game. I'm going to go back to those same fantasy managers who uh, turned me down and seeing if, if I can get him for way, way less after that five carry game. Uh, I A couple of things, and I got into it with, with Adam and Chris last night. So I'll give an abbreviated version of that. I don't think it's that surprising that John Harbaugh accomplished NFL coach believes that he would like to have veteran running backs like Latavius Murray and maybe even Devonte Freeman on the field regularly, as opposed to former college backup running back Tyson Williams, even though Tyson does run fast. Mm-hmm. Um, like there's a reason that Latavius Murray has been in the NFL for a decade. He's, he doesn't suck at playing football. The other thing is like, the Ravens are getting more balanced by what they're doing this year. They still have 10 more rush attempts than pass attempts this year. Overall. Like, because of Lamar Jackson. Gone, they've gone right. past. Right. But Lamar Jackson's going to run 30 to 40% of their rush attempts. He always has. Yeah. That that part's not going to change. What's changed is they've gotten more balanced, just like they told us all offseason they wanted to. If they're 50-50 the rest of the year, that would mean that they actually pass more than they have so far. Uh, You're telling me that they've run more than thrown this year so far. Yes. They have have 97 rush attempts and 87 pass attempts. Right. Right. Yeah. But, but uh, look, the thing is they need a running game, right? They need a running they, they game. Have a running they, game. They, no, they need a running game. They have a running game. They ignored it last week. No, they, <laughs> they're they, averaging they, 175 yards a game on the ground, and they scored five touchdowns. I know, but they need a running game that's not Lamar Jackson. And last week, they completely got away from it. I don't know that it. that's true. I think it's true. I, it's their identity. If they don't, then Lamar might not make it. Their identity years. has mostly been Lamar Jackson running. They're sure, right. but they've also used other running backs along the way who have been effective. You're telling me now that they're just going to ignore what they have at running back and make that just a complimentary no, piece. No, I think if you look at what, what they've done for the season, 35 rush attempts for Jackson, 27 for Williams, 26 for Murray. Now, that's a little bit different than what we've seen in the past. What you might expect from the past would be like 31 for Jackson, 31 for Williams, 26 for Murray. Um, but it's not the ratios are not that far off. The last week was weird in that Latavius had seven carries and Tyson had five and Freeman had what two or three. Right. But like normally the lead running back for the Ravens is about 35% of their team carries. But you said you would drop Tyson Williams last night. I said I would drop him for Chuba Hubbard if he was my worst player on my team. Yes. Yeah, I agree with that. But Otherwise, I'm keeping Tyson Williams I agree or with that trying too. to yeah. procure him from other managers because I doubt that he has more games with five carries. All right. And but, it was such a spotlight a, game for him last week, and he shriveled in the spotlight, not by his own doing, by the coaches not letting him have carries. And I would imagine that – I mean, you tell me, how many mistakes did he make in week three? I, I did not watch the, all of his snaps like I did the first time. I just think that like with, with Tyson Williams – life to this point it should be it would be more surprising to me if he is a thousand yard rusher at some point in his career than if he doesn't ever have another game with 10 carries all right let's move on uh give me some more give me some more names heath you're back on the clock more bylaws i am back on the clock for bylaws i i am still for the most part buying low on stefan diggs deandre hopkins the round two wide receivers and calvin ridley though I'm more concerned about Hopkins and Ridley than I am Diggs. I would not pay 
like you were asking earlier, what do we have to get for Cooper Cup? I'm not 100% sure that I would give Cup straight up to get Ridley or Hopkins. But, but I would, would buy low on them. But you would give him up for Diggs? I would I would give up Cup for Diggs, yes. Okay. Um, Cup, yeah, I mean, we, there's a lot to talk about with Cooper Cup, obviously. He's, he's had stretches like this before. I mean, just tell me if this... Tell me if this matters. Hold on. Let me just get the exact notes here. Um, He's number one receiver in fantasy. 2019, his first five games, he was on pace for 1,600 yards, 13 touchdowns, 202 targets. He had four straight 100-yard games. In his last 11 games that year, he was on pace for 103 targets, 954 yards. That was, you know, part of that was Tyler Higby came alive at the end. Robert Wood, you know, we've seen fluctuations where we had this Cooper Cup right. stretch followed by the Robert Wood stretch. There was a Tyler Higby stretch where Woods was also very involved and Cup was on pace for 103 targets, you know, for the last 11 games. And I think it was even worse in the last five. But, um, you know, does that matter? Does the hit, does the pass matter with Cooper Cup? Or is this yes. just like brand new Matthew Stafford? Things are going to be more consistent. The past definitely matters, and I do think there will be a Robert Woods stretch. I would not be surprised if there's a Sony Michelle or Daryl Henderson stretch at some point as well. But I think the lows will be higher with Matthew Stafford. Okay, well put. Uh, Dave, how about you? More buy lows? I don't know if I think that he's a total buy low, but I think we need to have a conversation about Kyle Pitts, who really hasn't delivered on the wild aspirations that fantasy managers who took him with the top 50 pick had. Um, He's definitely playing a lot. He definitely has uncommon size. He's not separating that much. Sometimes his routes look like he's running in like half speed. And sometimes he looks like he's running at full speed. And when he's running at full speed, he looks dangerous, but it might be more of like a straight line thing versus, you know, his ability to like wiggle and and cut. Maybe he just doesn't have as much of that as, as he looked like he had in college. Um, I, I, I don't know if he's a buy low. I don't know if he's someone that I would, would I give away the bottom piece on my bench form? Sure. Would I give away my best bench player form? Probably sure. If I needed a tight end, but I, I also don't know if people are willing to part with him yet. Um, although I did see in one of my keeper leagues, someone cut him. They didn't trade him. They cut him. Wow. So I, I, I don't quite understand that. I'm going to get my waiver claims in for Kyle Pitts in that format for sure. But I'm I'm a little bit nervous about the combination of him not getting open consistently and Matt Ryan checking down like Alex Smith. You can tell that Matt Ryan's old. His offensive line is something that he doesn't trust. And that's why Cordell Patterson and Mike Davis have had such a role in the passing game. It's why Calvin Ridley hasn't delivered amazing numbers through the first three weeks of the season. And it's why Pitts has had, I guess, modest targets. But excluding week three, that was pretty pitiful. But he really hasn't delivered a big game yet 12 PPR points in week two. I don't know if that's really, you know, a big game. I don't know no. if that's what we drafted him to be. I think the answer is no. So would you trade, so, let's say Tyler Higby and, um, okay. Just a- stop right there. Like ty- you're insinuating that I've got to give up Tyler Higby and something else. Yes, I am because get Kyle Pitts and there's nothing out there that suggests that Tyler Higby plus, Another decent play. I don't think you're going to come bench at player. me with bench player with Brandon Bolden or uh, Ty Johnson. Jacoby Myers. No, I, I think I'd rather have Myers and Higby. Okay, because if I think the only reason why if you make that trade, the only reason why you're acquiring Pitts is because you heard that he was good. Well, I mean, look, we expect rookie wide receivers to get off the slow starts, and they they almost always do. It's understandable if a rookie tight end gets off to a slow start. We're just less confident that he's going to turn it on because rookie tight ends typically don't. But sure. if you still offense, believe in Pitts, this might... Like last week we said on this show, one week ago, this is your best chance to buy low on Mark Andrews and George Kittle. And that mm-hmm. is probably true unless they you know struggle later in the They're year. They're different, though. Than they Kyle. are different. And you don't have to yeah. pay as much for Kyle Pitts. But this is might might be might be your best chance to buy low on Kyle Pitts. Agreed. And maybe have he's a just plan. Be better, if, if you acquire Kyle Pitts, you better have another plan at tight end just in case this doesn't get better. His targets have gone from eight to six to three over the last. I don't agree games. with that necessarily because I think if you're acquiring Kyle Pitts, you probably don't really have a plan at tight end. If you get right, you're probably in that half of the league that that's streaming well, but, crap tight ends. Yeah, right. I mean, but at least with that, a successful way to end your streaming problem. 
It might be. Do, do you really are, do, are all your tight end problems going to go away just because you give up something cheap for Kyle Pitts? I'm not sure that it is. No, but it, but it could be worth the risk if you give up something that you're just not going to use. If you have a your fourth or fifth wide receiver and you can trade for Kyle Pitts, somebody's. I don't even know if that's possible. I don't think that I could pull that off in in our leagues. But somebody dropped him in one. You know, you just never know how people are valuing Kyle Pitts. I think I think fantasy managers are going to be patient with him at least for another couple of weeks. But uh, we'll see. Um, all right, we'll talk about some sell highs in just a moment here. Unless you guys want to just rattle off more names, we're going to get to plenty throughout the show. Um, like Dave, you just Cowboys, you said, Cowboys receivers are yeah. high low guys right now for the same philosophy as as Mark Andrews and George Kittle. I I the games yeah. they've been bad. I I would just say if the Cowboys wide receivers are by lows, then Zeke is a sell high. Mm, I don't know. I think Pollard is a sell high. Pollard didn't. Um, get, you think, you think Pollard's going to get less touches? I think it's possible, and I think that his touches are going to be mostly useless. So Zeke is going to get the goal line work. The passes, the catches will probably be pretty similar. I think you're going to get some empty carries from Tony Pollard. If, if, they, if the run production comes down, it's not going to be at Zeke's expense, unless he just stinks. But they plowed through the Eagles on Monday night. I mean, they well, look tremendous. The theory, I assume, would be if if we're buying low on Cooper and Lamb is that they are not going to keep running an offense as balanced as they are currently running. I think that would have to be the case. I mean, Dak Prescott's thrown like what, not, 26 passes. I just, like Zeke's getting 50, I think he's at 50, exactly 50% of the Cowboys' rush attempts for the year. If they go back to 25, 28 rush attempts per game, then Zeke's not a top 12 running back. Oh, I don't agree. Because I think he's going to be extremely efficient, and I think he's going to score the touchdowns, and I think he'll get his three catches a game. And I think they're going to have one of the best offenses in football. He doesn't need to have as many touches as he used to have. When it's money time, when it's touchdown time, it's Zeke time. Okay. Come on. You don't think that's – you don't I agree with that? I mean, it's been true for two weeks, so I don't know why it wouldn't be true the rest of the year. It's been true for his yeah, entire career that he that he scores touchdowns, except for one year. In. He's had some – no, he's had a couple of bad touchdown years because Dak scored all the red zone touchdowns. No, I don't think he had one. The last year I'm not counting because of Dalton. But Okay, so he's had two years, but you're not counting one of them. I'm not counting the Dalton. When, look at what he did with Dak in the first five games. His top five running back. Okay. Before I, the Dak injury, he was probably the most consistent player in fantasy football history. And he's turning out, listen, week one was a total disaster, but weeks two and three, he's proven to be great. I, I don't know if I'm going to say sell high on Zeke. He's never going to be this good again. But if someone comes to me with a crazy offer where I'm, you know, it's it's a no-brainer on the trade chart and all that jazz, yeah, I'll, I'll trade away Zeke. But I'm not actively trying to get Zeke off my team. I think he can stay a consistent contributor for fantasy managers. I want to clarify. I'm not sure the Dallas wide receivers are by lows. I was just saying if the Dallas wide receivers are by lows, then Zeke is a sell high. But if it might be that they're just going to like they've had so much success these last two weeks, I wouldn't be surprised if they just go more balanced than we thought they were going to. They should. in that case, Lamb and Cooper are not by lows. But you can't get rid of you can't get a fair value, especially for Cooper at this point. Yeah, Cooper's the whole going point off of getting Amari games. Cooper is to, to put a to get him to be your wide receiver three, or if you're really in dire straits to be your wide receiver two at a cost much less to what it would have taken to get him on draft day. Tell me guys how you're valuing the two star Bears, or we thought they'd be stars. David Montgomery and Allen Robinson. Montgomery, I mean, he's had a pretty tough schedule, right? The Rams in week one, he actually had 100 yards against them. And then Cincinnati and Cleveland have been great against running backs. So Montgomery's had a tough schedule. And, you know, this is what we learned about him. Last year, he wasn't good in tough matchups. He was great in, in easy matchups. He's got Detroit and then Las Vegas, his next two games. Um, then it gets a little harder after that. But but uh, And then Allen Robinson has been awful. And the Bears have the second-worst offense. Only the Jets have scored fewer points. They're 29th in pass attempts. They were 29th in scoring in 2019, and Robinson was really good. They were 22nd in scoring last year, and Robinson and Montgomery were very good. Um, so how are you valuing them? Do you think they're by lows, or do you think they're just going to be busts? Um, I, I'm hanging on to Montgomery. I, If I was really running back desperate, sure, I'd put in a couple of offers for him. Because he's still playing a lot for Chicago, and he's still getting a decent amount of work. He's had four targets each of the last two games. These were games where the Bears were either competitive or getting their butts whipped, and it's on top of the carries that he got. Against uh, Cincinnati, he had 20 carries. Just wasn't efficient with them. That offensive line's a problem. 
but I think they've got a chance of eventually fixing it. It just might take might take months, not weeks. Well, well that then I'm not interested in him. If it's going to take months, I'm not interested in no, buying but low. You're buying on him. him low with the hope that he's a competitive starter for your fantasy team the rest of the year. And at the very least, you know he's going to get work. There really isn't another player on the yeah. team that you've got to look at and go, oh well, Montgomery stinks. They're going to replace him with Damian Williams and you know, he's he's going to be, you know, just a small part of the Bears' offense. I don't think that's happening. Davis, here. sounds like James Robinson to me. Is he better than James Robinson? Uh, I'd rather have him than Robinson. I, I think I'd rather have him than Robinson, too, but I think it's pretty close just based on the strength of Robinson continuing to gain work in the Jaguars' offense and do well with it. He's been efficient and, if not explosive, uh, certainly last week, I think you can make the argument that he was very, very good. Robinson was. And Montgomery is going in the opposite direction for now. I'd like to see how he does against an inferior defense like Detroit. Allen Robinson, I- I'm getting this feeling that Nick Foles is going to be the quarterback for Chicago in week four. And we'll see how Robinson does with Foles. I'm going to hang on to him too. This is a buy-low opportunity for Robinson, but it's, it's a situation where uh, I might give up what I would give up for Robert Woods right now. Like, maybe. I'd rather have Woods rest of season. I'd I'd like to go off for Chase Claypool for Woods or Robinson. Um, see if I can yeah, get I that deal done. I would do that in a heartbeat for Woods. I'm not sure if I, I maybe they're kind of the same guy. I'd like to go off for Marvin Jones. See if I could get get one That's of those. Different. Guys. Sure. Claypool I mean, and Marvin Robinson Jones are very different. Than Claypool this year. I mean, Robinson right. is. Still getting a 25% target share. That's the good mm-hmm. news. He just needs better quarterback play. Um, but, you know. And he doesn't need good quarterback play. He's shown us that. Yeah, he needs he just better needs, quarterback play. He needs quarterback play. Yeah. Yeah. But he needs a quarterback that's not on his back. I love talking about Allen Robinson, but I'll save all my thoughts. Uh, do you want an edge while setting your DFS lineups? The Fantasy Football Today DFS podcast brings you all the DFS insights that you need to dominate. Frank Stample, Mike McClure, Sia Najah, they all provide cash and GPP analysis on Tuesdays and Thursdays, deep diving into pricing and matchups. Listen to the Fantasy Football Today DFS podcast wherever you listen to FFT. So let's do the sell highs now. Do you think Cooper Cup and Mike Williams are good sell highs, or do you think we should just ride it out when and you know and enjoy the ride? Just depends on how high you can sell them. I think Cooper Cup's going to be a number one wide receiver the rest of the year, um, and so I wouldn't sell him for anything less than that. I think Mike Williams is a borderline in that range, probably a top fifteen wide receiver. So I wouldn't sell him for anything less than that. Um, if you could get the moon. And I've seen some people get the moon, then then it it's worth it. But I I don't I'm not selling them like their cost on draft day is completely irrelevant to me at this point. Yeah. I'm not trying to make a one or two round profit off what I paid a month ago. Um I'm I'm trying to get the moon. I can't think of a player drafted in the tenth round that had this good of a start. Like he's the number two receiver. There hasn't been a top five finisher drafted later than round six since Odell Beckham's rookie year when he was undrafted and he finished, I think actually, no, he, he finished seventh, but he finished first in points per game. He played only 12 games. Um, mm-hmm. talking wide receiver. Schrager just pointed out James Robinson, you know, was, was right. great. But wide <laughs> receiver, sorry. Um, so I can't think of a wide receiver like this because even Devontae Parker, you know, Corey Davis, they weren't this good. Uh, but... I don't care. I mean, I, I, his ADOT has changed. His profile well, has changed. He's caught five. He's caught six or more, seven passes in all three games, seven or more passes. So, like, he, he's just a different. They're being used differently and much more effective. I will. He's winning contested catches too. Yeah, go ahead. The Heath. Only, um, and it wasn't quite as consistent. Um, but 2019, the number three wide receiver with 20 catches for 311 yards and three touchdowns through the first three weeks of the season was Sammy Watkins. Mm, 20 oh probably a lot of that was that's week one good. right probably that's what he does he's a week one star all right so who else are we selling high on if they're not necessarily sell highs but if you can get the moon get the moon but uh who heath would you sell high on right now um sorry i was um on the wrong screen i went back and dave's got sell highs ask him first dave <laughs> go ahead antonio gibson is 
uh, someone who just had a productive game because he had a 73-yard catch and run on a screen. That's not something he does a lot of, and certainly catching passes isn't something that he's apparently not going to do as much of as we thought he would. Played zero third downs last week. J.D. McKissick still a part of that passing downs package for Washington. Uh, Gibson wasn't very good as a runner. I think he only has six plays total this year with 10-plus yards gained. I'm worried about his schedule moving forward. I don't like the way that he's being used. He is not breaking out into a workhorse like we projected him to. And he's coming off of a very good game. I think he's going to have another good game this week. So I would start trying to make moves to get what you can and sell high on Antonio Gibson. Don't give him away. We're not trading him for uh, Jacoby Myers and Tyler Higby. We're looking for something better than that. Um, maybe we're packaging Antonio Gibson with another player on our team to get a much better running back. That's what I would look for. I am worried about him week five on. Okay. I think I'm, I might. Vein, yeah, go ahead. Go ahead. Sorry. I, I think I'd try to see what I could get for Najee Harris. I was going to um, say, who would you rather have, Gibson or Harris? I think I'd still take Gibson. Harris, like last week was awesome. And it was super fun that he got 19 targets. I believe the second most for a running back ever. Alvin Kamara had 21 year. Um, but you got to look at just how terribly inefficient he and this entire offense has been through the first two games. He had 130 yards on 32 touches and one touchdown. He's averaging 3.08 yards per carry YPC for life. Mm-hmm. I like, I love the fact that he's playing all the time and I do think he's going to be a starting running back. But if somebody sees, man, Najee Harris is getting 80% of the carries and he has a 20% target share. He's going to be a number one running back. I don't really think he's probably going to be a number one running back. And I don't think his targets will be anything remotely close to last week as long as like, as we expect Deontay Johnson and Juju are back and just stay healthy the rest of the year. And this, Heath, is why I can't see a scenario where Zeke is not a top 12 running back. I just don't think there are 12 running backs that we're going to feel comfortable with. You're not going to you know, put Kareem Hunt ahead of Ezekiel Elliott. You know what I mean? It's just... If you, ha- if you are lucky enough to have two great must-start running backs, not even must-start because Gibson and Najee are must-starts, but two great, you know, first-round caliber running backs, you know, you, you hit the jackpot. You drafted DeAndre Swift, and, um, you know, it's not that, it's just not it's that just, easy. I, I, am, I, I know what you're saying, and it's right. I just don't, like, I don't know that we thought that just a week ago. I kind of did. I thought running back. They ran the ball forty-one times against the Eagles, and so the fact that he shared just as much. Oh, about Zeke. I'm sorry. Yeah, he played shared just as much in week three as he did in week two, and it's just okay because they ran the ball forty-one times. No, I mean I felt I felt pretty good about him after week two. Would he have sixteen carries, seventy yards, and a touchdown? You know, I did too. Yeah, Yeah, I felt good about him. I, I, I felt good that they were running the ball. And that they actually found a game where they could be balanced. So yeah. uh, that that was encouraging on Ezekiel Elliott. Back to Najee. I, I mentioned Gibson had six plays of 10-plus yards so far this season. Najee's at seven. Now, the one thing that is in Najee's favor is that I, I think he's locked into playing all the snaps for Pittsburgh. Like, they're not taking him off the field very much, if at all. And he's definitely getting targets. Hello. So I, I, I see Harris as a little bit better. Uh, in regardless of format, just because he's getting opportunities in the passing game that Gibson isn't getting. And uh, look, I, I don't know if they can fix Roethlisberger, but I do think they can eventually make the offensive line a little bit better than what we've seen. It's been dreadful through uh, three weeks. I, I do want to say, like, I don't know that there's going to be much of a difference between Harris and Gibson's targets at all. The first two weeks of the season, Harris had eight and Gibson had seven. Um, Harris got a ton of targets when Deontay Johnson and Juju were out, but Harris Gibson has the same number of targets as McKissick this year. They're just chopping him up. Well, last year that was 150 targets for the running backs. So that means 75 targets for Gibson this year. I don't know if Harris well, gets there. Well, Harris already has a third of that, so it's it's well, not like I, you don't get you don't get credit for those moving forward. If we're having a conversation no, with the rest of the season, if, if you're asking me who's going to get more targets rest of season between Gibson or Harris, it's uh, my answer is going to be obvious. It's going to be Harris, and it's going to be back. Are you by, projecting Deontay and Juju to miss more games? No, I'm projecting Ben Roethlisberger to be getting rid of the ball after a second and a half every yeah, time he that's... takes a snap for at least the next six weeks. So that's going to help Najee Harris get targets. It's clearly an implemented part of their offense. Whereas Gibson, I'll say it again, zero third downs played last week. He actually started the year playing some third downs 
and getting some work in in the past in passing situations and uh it's it seems to be dissipating for him it makes me nervous and it's yeah. not like his offensive line is that much better than than Najee's Brandon Cooks is a top eight wide receiver what would you trade Brandon Cooks for if you were going to sell Allen Robinson I think you can get more than Robinson for Cooks at this point but you would rather have Robinson I would it's you know if you look at their careers I mean they both very accomplished careers. They've both been top 15-ish wide receivers. Robinson a little bit better. They're both on bad offenses, but Cooks might have a bigger target share than Allen Robinson. I Maybe we just discounted Cooks too much. What's different than Definitely. about him than Robinson? Just just you think at the end of the day, more targets for Robinson? I think there's a better... I, I, I know it hasn't been the case so far. I think that Robinson will have better quarterback play for the rest of the season than Brandon Cooks. Okay. You know why that might be the case? What happens if Cooks gets traded? The, I don't let's think say that. there's a team. We, we, we talked about that a lot. I didn't realize, and somebody had tweeted to me, I do not believe Brandon Cooks will accept the trade. He said back in January that he didn't want to get traded because he wanted to spend time this offseason working with Deshaun Watson in Houston. I, but I think he reiterated that after, after the whole Watson thing had come out. Maybe he did. I didn't, I didn't read that if he did, but... Push comes to shove. If he's on a team that's going nowhere, he wants to stay there, catching passes from Tarad and Davis Miller. I think the thing was he was tired of people determining when he was going to move and where he was going to live, and he wanted to make that choice for himself. He did not enjoy <laughs> the process of being traded three times in four years. I didn't know he had a no-trade clause in his contract. I don't think I he does. I think he just said he's not going to play if you trade for him. I don't buy it at all. It could be a break. It could be like one in five. I, I don't even know when the trade deadline is. He'll, he, if, why wouldn't he want to get traded? Come on now. Um, and it's not a certainty that he will get traded. It's just it's something that will be out there. There are going to be teams that are going to look for receiver help at the deadline. This is someone right. who Houston's definitely open for business. They will trade anybody they possibly can. Guys, we got to take a break. Really, really quick, Adam, but yeah. it's not a football thing. He's a human being. You would hate it if you had to move across the country four times in five I years. I know, but he's a competitor. I, I I think at the end of the day, if he gets the chance to go to a Super Bowl contender, he, he might take. He might change his mind. Right. Like, what if the Chiefs decided to trade for Cooks instead of, let's say, Josh Gordon fizzles out? I know, crazy. Can we right? take How a break now? Uh, we'll take a break and when we cook, because we, we do have uh, Mark joining us in just a moment here on Fantasy Football today. So we got to get a break in, do some news and notes, see so we can find time to preview the Thursday night game. Um, and we are debuting a new fantasy football game. So that uh, we'll see how that goes. I'm a little nervous about that. We will be right back on Fantasy Football today with your news and notes. What's up, everyone? I want to tell you about a car that you are going to love. Check it out. The all-new Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe is equipped with everything you need to break free from the dull work week and embark on an adventurous weekend with your family. The all-new Hyundai Santa Fe's features like available H-Track all-wheel drive, standard third-row seating, I love that, available dual-wireless charging pads ensure that you can take on any adventure. So let's say you're ready to take the family on a camping trip or something like that. The Santa Fe is perfect for you. You've got all-wheel drive. You can load everyone up in the third row. It's time to start being adventurous, and you need the right car, and that's the Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe. Learn more about the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe at HyundaiUSA.com. Call 562-314-4603 for complete details. Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. All right, T. Higgins missed practice. Are you guys ranking T. Higgins right now? They have the Thursday game against Jacksonville. Nope. Not as of now. All right. Uh, Detroit released Jamie Collins. Tampa Bay just signed Richard Sherman. Philadelphia put uh, Kayvon Wallace starting safety on IR and lost guard Isaac Sayamalu for the season to a list Frank injury. Kadarius Tony could have an increased role. Not saying you should pick him up, but he should have I an increased that, role. I heard that last week. 
<laughs> it's true. He played a lot last week, I think. Just, you know, didn't had two catches. Daryl Henderson. Leagues, he's worth a stash, I guess. Daryl Henderson has a chance to play this week against Arizona. And mm-hmm. the Bears, the Bears, uh, the franchise, they have bought or they are buying Arlington International Racecourse. And that means they could leave Soldier Field, where they have played since 1971. Hmm. Quick I'm Twitter poll. Uh, yeah, Dave, like, is that, are you going to be sad? I'm withholding comment. Okay. Quick Twitter poll from Frank Stample, who hosts the DFS podcast and FBT. Uh, choose one ice cream, cookies and cream or chocolate chip cookie dough? I think I'd take the cookie dough. Probably the cookie dough. Yeah. I don't know what, what planet. Why do, I, do I live in another planet? I mean, so obviously cookies and cream. And, if, you know, like two thirds of the people said uh, uh, 55% are on cookie dough. All right. So I think you're wrong there. There's the Twitter poll. We're going to preview Jacksonville, Cincinnati real quick, and then we will bring on our guests and we'll play some fantasy games. All right. Jacksonville, Dave, Thursday night. No, 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 no. Okay. How my neck doing that? Stat of the game. Oh. Marvin Jones has caught five passes in three straight games for the first time since 2017. Interesting. Is he a must-start, Marvin Jones? No. Not a must-start, but... Absolutely. Well, if you're starting three receivers, I think you should get him in there. If you've got a flex, he should be considered. Um, one problem that Trevor Lawrence has had is that when he's pressured, he absolutely stinks, and he's getting pressured a lot. The Bengals don't pressure as much as other teams. Maybe that changes in this game because they've seen other teams kind of use that blueprint to get to Trevor Lawrence. He's looking for those short and mid-range throws. That's why DJ Chark hasn't had such an amazing start to the year, and Jones has. So I, I, I like what I've seen from Jones with Lawrence since the preseason. Right. I think they keep it going. Would you rather start James Robinson or Marvin Jones? Robinson. Um, yeah, I'll go with Robinson over Jones. All right. So far, Bengals run defense has been ridiculously good. They held Dalvin Cook and David Montgomery to 20 carries for 61 yards, both of them. Najee Harris, 14 carries for 40 yards. Yes, he did have 14 catches. But they're giving up... Uh, three yards per carry to running backs while facing Cook, Montgomery, and Harris. Uh, So, you know, James Robinson, big game last week, 134 total yards and a touchdown. Where is he in your rankings, Heath? He's right around 24, right around that border of eh, 22 is where I've got him. So if you don't, don't have anyone you love, then you can start James Robinson. Okay. I'm encouraged by the workload that he's had the past couple of weeks especially last week i think the jaguars coaching staff realizes that they need to get him the ball the short week definitely favors the running back for him to get healthy and and be up to speed versus the defense all being there i think robinson's better than that i've got him top 15. Ooh, would you guys start chuba hubbard or james robinson hubbard robinson would you start a falcons running back against washington or james robinson robinson uh, in PPR, I'd start Davis. In non-PPR, I'd start Robinson. We are assuming that T. Higgins is out. Do you like both Bengals wide receivers better than Marvin Jones? Jamar, yes. Boyd, no. I'll take both Bengals and PPR. Yeah. Marvin Jones probably over Boyd and none. And what do you think about the passing game here? Obviously, Burrow hasn't been throwing the ball a lot, and he may not have to, but... It's hard to sit Chase at this point, but you know what? What do we think about about Chase and and, Hig- and Boyd? Are they must start guys or what? Chase is. You got to love the production that he's giving you. He's another guy that might be considered a sell high candidate, just not on the same level as Mike Williams. Boyd, I, I like him better in PPR. Uh, the short area targets definitely favor him. I'm not sure how many of those there will be in this game for him, but I think he's he's like he's a modest PPR flex. Yeah, I just, like, this Jamar Chase long touchdown thing every week is going to probably stop, but it's probably going to stop next week because Jacksonville's defense is so terrible. I do think Chase is a great sell high. He's averaging 3.6 PPR fantasy points per target. It's um, There's not been enough volume there to sustain what he has done, but it's the Jacksonville Jaguars. They're awful. They are. They've allowed 100 yards to four wide receivers, and Cortland Sutton's the only wide receiver who's had more than eight targets, so you don't need a ton of targets to be good against Jacksonville. Cincinnati's DST is top seven, and um, Joe Burrow, starter sit. 
I prefer to sit him. You should be able to find a quarterback better. Tannehill at the Jets or Burrow? Tannehill. Tannehill. Um, how about Carson Wentz at the Dolphins or Burrow? Burrow. Burrow. Yeah, that was a dumb one. How about um, Baker Mayfield at the Vikings or Burrow? Burrow. I've got Burrow higher. This one's interesting. Darnold or Burrow? I think I've got Dar- Darnold just to like a spot or two higher in the rankings. I actually have Burrow projected higher. I'm just worried he's going to throw it to both passes. Darnold's at Dallas. All right. Yeah. I've, I've got Burrow higher as well, but it's close. I'm not 100% sure I'm going to stick with it, but for now it's Burrow. And we're sitting DJ Chark and Chenault? I think Chark's going to be good in DFS. Uh, they're, if the Bengals do stick to this zone defense that they've been playing and they're not going to blitz Trevor Lawrence, then he's going to be able to take some shots deep to Shark. Shark's getting open. Speed's there. Sometimes he's getting open with footwork. Like he, He's a capable receiver. It's just a matter of Lawrence looking for him, and defenses really haven't given him the chance to do it yet. So he is a high upside sleeper. I would sit. I would sit. Um, yeah, sit. And that, my friends, is Thursday Night Football. No, 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 no. How's your deck? You all right? Oh, come on, Dave. I think I'm going to make it through the rest of the podcast. All right, listen, it is about time. We have made our, our guest wait long enough. Poker champion, Mark is here. What's up, Mark? Good morning, fellas. Great to be here. Yeah, it, it, he's on the West Coast. Congratulations. He's on the West Coast, guys. It's 5.45 in the morning, and he's hanging out with us. So. Best time of the day. We have Where on the West Coast are you, Mark? Um, I'm in... South of Los Angeles in California. So San Diego. Uh, Mission Viejo. Okay. You know where that is. It's like, okay, I don't know where that is. (laughs) I know it's in Southern California. (laughs) And I have to set the record straight. Um, All credit for the poker win goes to my high school freshman, Nate. I was um, sitting next to him as he piloted us to the victory. Oh, nice. So he did all the work and you get all the, the glory and the prize. Uh, yeah, it, it, exactly. And he wasn't willing to wake up this early. <laughs> I don't blame him. Uh, Mark, by the way, if you want to, I don't know if you want to give your last name, but you, you're more than welcome to, if, or if you want to just be Mark for this. Um, I'll just go with Mark. It's a rather long last name that uh, won't resonate well on the, on, on the show for sure. It's, yeah. not, it's not Tressman, is it? <laughs> no. I didn't want to have to pronounce it, so I'm glad we're going with that. Um, All right, so I I stole this game, I think, from The Price is Right. I don't know where it's from, but it's let's we're going to try a new game. I'm going to give you a statistic, and then you're all going to tell me if you think it is higher than or lower than another statistic. Uh, My question is, yeah, yeah, right. It's not hard, and we'll see who does the best. The Price is Right is. Guess what this thing costs. Guess what that thing costs. Yeah. You're like, guess what number this is higher or lower than another <laughs> no, number is, that I'm going to give you. This is one of the three. games they play, like Plinko. It's one of the games they play in between the guess what this thing costs. Um. Yeah, sort of. Sure. Now, I just don't know if I should give you the the stat. Like, Okay, for example, the first one we're going to do is Cooper Cup's receiving yards. And you're okay. going to tell me if that's higher or lower than different things. Now, should I tell you what okay. Cooper Cup's receiving yards are? Or should, no. Should, no. No? Okay. Okay. Give us the two stats without numbers. All right. So we're, so we're going to go for this round. We're going to go Dave, then Heath, then, then Mark. And you can each give an answer, and we'll see who does the best. But we'll give Mark the advantage here on this last one. All right. Cooper Cup's receiving yards. Are they higher or lower than Derrick Henry's rushing yards? I will right. say I'm up first. Yeah. I will take Cooper Cup's receiving yards. So say higher. Higher. Heath? Can you take me high enough? Higher. Mark? I'm going to go with higher as well. Okay, you all all, all correct. 300, oh, 350. Yeah. Damn it. I, why did I give the numbers? You're all correct. Uh, okay, sorry. Uh, Cooper Cup's receiving yards, are they higher or lower than Tom Brady's passing yards per game? Dave, you're first. Ooh. I will say it is lower than Tom Brady's passing yards per game. Heath. Higher. Mark? I'm going to go with it is um, higher as well. Oh, yeah. Dave, you are in trouble because Heath and Mark come through there. Uh, See, now, Cup, like, I want to know what these numbers are. Well, this is the problem with the game. Is no, that I'm going to tell you when we're done. Without numbers. I'm going to tell you when we're done. 
Cooper Cup's receiving yards are higher than Tom Brady's passing yards per game. His total receiving yards, obviously. All right, Cooper Cup's receiving yards, are they higher or lower than the total receiving yards for Robert Woods, Van Jefferson, and Deshaun Jackson combined? I don't know. Uh, I will say... I will say they are higher. Cup is lower. Higher. Lower. I'm going with Dave. Higher. Heath wins. They are lower. All right. Cooper Cup has 367 receiving yards. Derrick Henry has 353 rushing yards. Tom Brady is averaging 362 passing yards per game. So Cup has him edged by five oh, yards there. Five yards. Woods, Jefferson, and Jackson have combined for 401 yards compared to 367 for Cup. So Heath with Can you three. Can count those yards, please? What's that? No. For Woods, Jackson, and Jefferson? No, I'm not bringing them down. I don't have them. No, no, no. I'm fine. You don't have it? I'll get it. Heath had three points. Dave one, Mark two. Okay. Woods Shrag, has 124 score. yards. Jefferson is 136. Jackson is 141. Yeah, very close. Yeah. All right. Okay, next game. So this time we'll go Heath, Mark, Dave. Okay. That makes me not love Robert Woods, but I still think the best is yet to come. Travis Kelsey's PPR fantasy points per game. Okay. Are they higher or lower than... Remember, we're going Heath, Mark, Dave. Travis Kelsey's PPR fantasy points per game. Higher or lower than Derek Henry's PPR fantasy points per game? Lower. Lower. I'll say I'll say higher just to be different. Okay, Dave, you are different and you are wrong. They are lower. <laughs> Travis Kelsey's PPR fantasy points per game. Are they higher or lower than Daniel Jones's fantasy points per game in six point per passing touchdown leagues? Higher. Yeah, I'm gonna go with higher as well. Lower because I gotta figure out a way to Catch up in this dumb game. <laughs> you got it, Dave. You win. They are lower. Uh, okay. Daniel Jones, about eight, eight-tenths of a point better than Kelsey. And finally, Travis Kelsey's PPR fantasy points per game, are they higher or lower than Jameis Winston's pass attempts per game? Lower. I'm going to go with higher. I'm going to say lower. The winner is Mark. Two points. He is high. Travis Kelsey is averaging 22.3 points per game in PPR. Jameis yeah, Winston so is getting more than Jameis Winston's points per game. Jameis is lower. No, you're doing Kelsey. Kelsey is higher. I said, are Travis... I meant Ke- to go with Kelsey there. Oh, I'm sorry, Dave. That is not how the game works. Uh, Travis Kelsey, <laughs> higher than Jameis Winston's pass attempts per game, which are at 21 pass attempts per game. So that's two points for Mark, one for Dave, one for Heath. Schrager, you keeping score? All good? <laughs> I hope so. Ben fell asleep. All right. Uh, next well, game. It's, it's easy. It was and do you know one what the price right even is? I, I, ha- I, three, I have two, it. Two, one the first time. Yeah, I, I have it. I have it. We're good. Okay. All right, we'll go Mark. Uh, what is it? Mark. Well, Dave isn't Heath. it who wins each capsule? No, everyone like should have an opportunity to be last. No. Everyone should have no. an opportunity to be last. That's right. You know, it's so. 4-3-2 is the score right now, correct? I don't know. I'll do it later. Um, <laughs> sure. <laughs> Who's winning? Mark's winning? I am. You're winning? I think okay. he, Actually, I think, I think it's 4-4-2. Mark and I both have four. Dave has two. Okay. Let's, All right, 4 4 2 some, like, Apple Podcast reviews or something? Should we go with the Alvin Kamara stat or the Mike Williams stat to finish it off? Kamara. Okay. Alvin Kamara's catches. Oh, we're going uh, Mark first, then Dave, then Heath. Um, Alvin Kamara's catches. Are they higher or lower than Matthew Stafford's passing touchdowns? Hi. Oh, sorry. I'm not first. Mark. Does that disqualify you? I can't go higher. (laughs) Higher? I'm going to go higher. Okay. I'll say higher. I'll say higher. Everybody's right. Uh, Alvin Kamara's catches higher or lower than Cordero Patterson's catches? Oh, I still think it's higher. Cordero has more catches, so I will say lower. I will say lower as well. It is lower. And Alvin Kamara's catches higher or lower than Robbie Anderson's targets? Ooh, oh, I'm um, 
I have Robbie Anderson. I've been disappointed thus far. So I'm going to go with Kamara. So you think higher? Kamara. Yeah. Cat, more Kamara. catches for Kamara than targets for Anderson. Kamara. Okay, higher. Yeah. Everybody's saying higher? I'll go higher yeah. as well. Lower. Robbie Anderson has 11 targets. Alvin Kamara has 10 catches. He only has 10 catches. One They've more. Only thrown 62 passes. <laughs> that's true. 63, <laughs> I think. Um, yeah, that's uh, that's kind of wild. You know, what do you got? What do you think about that? What do you think about that? I Heath? think I, I think I won. <laughs> Heath wins. Kamara is no, Mark and I might have tied. In no, terms you of won. Reception. You won, Heath. Way to be a Thank good, you. very hospitable host. <laughs> yeah. Oh, look, he really got he he got the Scroogey in uh, ADP prices right during the preseason. So I'm glad that Heath is able to pull out the victory. Um, here. No, I think I think we talked about this last night. I'll, I'm a little bit concerned about Alvin Kamara delivering on uh, his top three ADP. Yeah. Yep. Uh, so, Mark, how are your fantasy teams going? It's kind of a mix this year. Um, I, I've got some of those uh, wide receivers that we all thought were going to do well that are uh, kind of coming out of the gate slow. But, you know, I, I just try and focus on all the fun and enjoyment I get out of, uh, you know, listening to the podcast. I want to say thank you, guys. Appreciate it. Longtime listener. Thrill for me to be here. Um, but, yeah, it's it's uh, I, I've got some teams that are uh, two and one and some teams that are one and two. Fortunately, no one and three. That's good. You're in a good yeah. spot then. Uh, what has been, would you say, your best draft pick? Uh, thus far, uh, Cooper Cup. I, I have him on two teams, and uh, I'm very, very thankful because without him, I'd be hurting. Now, were you planning on, were you thinking about dropping Robbie Anderson? Uh, yeah, I would uh, definitely consider it. I want to give it a, an, another week. Um, I, I think this is his opportunity to bounce back, and uh, fingers crossed. I think he's a talented receiver, just they haven't pushed the ball down the field very much so far. Uh, what was your tight end strategy, and how did it play out? Well, in one league, I decided to uh, go tight end early and, and drafted uh, Travis Kelsey. And uh, I wish I'd done that in all my leagues. Um, <laughs> otherwise, um, I've, I've kind of picked the touchdown or bust tight ends, uh, so it would appear thus far. But, you know, again, we're only three uh, three uh, games into the season, so got a ways to go yet. All right, Mark, you can certainly hang around with us, and we're going to go through Twitter right now. I asked people for some buy lows and sell highs on Twitter, and let's see uh, let's see what some of the comments are. It's going to wing it here. All right, who are your favorite buy low players? You guys can tell me if you agree or disagree. Um, Jonathan Taylor as a buy low. I like it. Yeah, yeah, I would. Um, I'd like to see what I could get in addition to Saquon Barkley or Ezekiel Elliott for Jonathan Taylor right now. I'd like to see if I could get something added on to one of those guys for Taylor. Wait, what? You're giving up Taylor plus something to get one of those guys. Yeah, I don't think I do that. Yeah, I think you just but- butchered the segment here. This is by low. So wait. <laughs> so by low on Jonathan Taylor, what, what, is, what is his relationship to Zeke and Barkley? Uh, same. Yeah, so you think they're worth the same in a trade? Right. Okay. You would give up. You would give up Zeke right now to get Jonathan Taylor. I would give up Zeke to get. I think you get something else. That's that's. I agree. I I sure as hell would hope that you would get something else. Well, I think you can get something else. I don't think you necessarily. I think it's just that's just bonus because I think they're basically the same guy. I'm, I'm definitely going after Jonathan Taylor, but with the idea that he is not on the same level as Zeke or Saquon Barkley. That fantasy managers who took him in round one are panicking. Because he he didn't even lead the Colts in snaps in week three. But I think that this is another situation where the Colts go right back to him. He was good. He was really good uh, in in week three. He just didn't get enough work. He's got the Dolphins this week. It's not the best matchup in the world, although Peyton Barber found a way to eventually get over 100 yards against him. Then he's at Baltimore. After that, there are a lot of really good matchups coming up for the Colts. They need to be more balanced. Carson Wentz is a mess back there. The offensive line, even after Quentin Nelson got hurt, did a pretty good job opening up lanes for Jonathan Taylor. I'm I'm 
cautiously optimistic that Taylor will finish still as a top 10 fantasy running back this year. And if you could buy him low, I highly recommend doing it. Do not use Zeke or Barkley in a trade to get him though. Unless I, the other piece you're getting with Taylor is really, really good. It's it's interesting because I think Taylor's tied for first in red zone carries with 13 so far this year. Oddly enough, does not have a touchdown. The difference yeah. between Zeke and Jonathan Taylor so far this year is the three touchdowns that Zeke has scored. They, yeah. Their yardage and catches would give them the same number of points. Mm, interesting. All right, how about this one from Jay Brown? Marquise Brown. Buy low on Marquise Brown. You have to do it this week if the manager didn't watch the game, LOL. Uh, he could have went full on Cooper Cup against the Lions if it wasn't for the drops. So, you know, Mark, let me get your opinion on that because Marquise Brown's off to a good start. Uh, could have been a great start. We do have Rashad Bateman on his way back, though. Um, do you think, uh, do you like Marquise Brown? Do you think he's going to be a reliable player? Uh, I, I liked him going into the season and I watched the game. It was it was heartbreaking. He was wide open on uh, those passes and literally right off his hands. And I, I got to think he bounces back. And I got to think that uh, the Ravens are going to try and get him um, jump-started and confident uh, almost immediately going into the next game because he's got tremendous separation uh, ability. So I'm definitely buying on Marquise Brown. Yeah. Uh, Heath, would you rather have Marquise Brown well, or Allen Robinson? <laughs> I'd still take Robinson. I would still take Woods. I, I am it um confused a little bit. Like we're by the buying low, just because I think Marquise Brown's been the number thirteen or fourteen wide receiver in fantasy so far. I don't think he's going to be that good uh number fourteen in PPR scoring. I don't think he's going to be that good the rest of the year. He's basically had the same start to the year as Christian Kirk. Um almost exactly. 15 catches, they're separated by four yards, and they have the same number of touchdowns. But we um, like him better Kirk, than Kirk. Kirk's definitely a sell high. Yeah. Right. Would you I okay? Think, would, would you trade, let's say, um Deontay Johnson from for Marquise Brown? No. Chase I'd Clay, rather have Deontay. How about Chase Claypool? I, I think I think I would I would rather have Brown than Claypool. Brown's been a lot better than Claypool. I don't know why somebody would, would want to do that. Because they were valued so differently to start the season. You know, people might not be just caring about the first three games. It's yeah. funny. Would we be selling high on Brown if he had caught the 44-yard touchdown instead of dropping it? Like the whole premise of the buy low on Marquise Brown is because he dropped a couple of passes. And I think anybody that's been paying attention this year would recognize that Brown's been really good through the first two weeks of the season, and he just had some bad drops in week three. And they'll think like how Mark thinks that he's going to bounce back and do just fine moving forward. I think Bateman is kind of an X factor, though. You know, I agree. How people like, feel about him anyway, right? In terms of a lot of people love Rashad Bateman, right? And that could that could maybe influence Brown's value, just his perceived value based on oh, I love Rashad Bateman. Brown's about to you know have three fewer targets a game or something like that. I don't know. Yeah. So I, I guess I'm just quite. I'm just wondering if you guys think Marquise Brown is going to stay a legitimate starting option. Mm-hmm. Sum it up with that. He will. I think he'll be a borderline number two the rest of the season. All right. See a lot of Tyreek Hill. We definitely agree with that as a buy low. Um, so let's go to our favorite sell highs from Twitter. Um, Debo Samuel. Is he a sell high? What do you think? I think he was certainly a sell high last week. And now I don't know if you're going to get nearly as much for him. Because Ayuk is back. There's no doubt now. And uh, Debo's uh, the the more and more the 49ers come up with a run game, the less and less Debo will get in the passing game. Okay, yeah, I think I'd I'd put him right in the same range as Marquise Brown. Like even last week with Ayuk back, he still got ten targets, and he's still getting a rush or two per game. So I I think he's going to be right in that Marquise Brown range as a low end number two wide receiver, high end. That was going to be my follow-up to you is do you think he'll be a low a top 24 receiver rest of season from this point? Right. I think he and Brown will be right in that 24 range. If they don't miss any games due to injury, they'll probably be top 24 guys. Okay, that's Debo Samuel we're talking about. Uh, Mark, I want you want to get your thoughts on the next one. So uh, somebody on Twitter says we should sell high on Clyde Edwards Eler coming off that big game. What do you think? You try to turn him into something better or just ride it out and see what happens with CEH? Well, when when I watch CEH, I, I don't see the the kind of dominance and the progression that I, I was expecting going into the season. He might rack up some numbers just based on his you know um, opportunities, the number of times he touches the ball. But 
his his performance, the way he looks at the eye test, he, he just doesn't look as strong as I would have expected him to be. So I, I, I would I would try and sell high if I could. I think it's, you know, again, he had the good game because he caught the screen pass for a touchdown, but Tyreek Hill's been so uninvolved. They'll get him, they'll get the downfield passing game going a little bit. He's got five catches on the year, CEH. He's got three fumbles now, or two fumbles. Um and still didn't work near the goal line. That was Daryl Williams. So it was kind of like an Antonio Gibson thing where it was a good game, but not all of the signs were encouraging. So Dave Heath, final word on CEH. Sell high or no thanks, guy? Sell high. Definitely sell high. 13 red zone snaps played through three games, and he had... How many did he end up having last week? One, two, three, four, five, five. Five red zone snaps. You know, what do you even sell him for, though? You know, what what can you get? Well, that's the I thing. Think, it's it's kind of like Marquise Brown. He's RB34 for the year. Like, you're just hoping that someone bases it all on last week and not right. on what he's been the rest of his career. Yeah. I just, but the I don't difference know how... is it's hard to find running backs with 15-touch potential yeah. versus receivers. I mean, there were a bunch of receivers that we rattled off off the waiver wire yesterday that could be capable starters for your fantasy team. I'm not saying that the Cole Beasley's and Tim Patrick's and Jacoby Myers of the world are going to light your fantasy team on fire and, you know, lead you to the championship. But I, I think the demand for running backs, the, the thirst is real and you're going to see Clyde Edwards, Clyde Edwards, Hilaire get some interest. If you put them out there in your leagues after a 100 yard, one touchdown game, this is amazing. Miles Sanders got two carries last week. Miles Sanders has not scored a touchdown yet this season. Miles Sanders has still scored more PPR fantasy points than Clyde Edwards Alaire this year. That would have been amazing for the terrible Azer Prices Right game because I would have, I would have a hundred, I would have a hundred percent said Edward Zeller had more points. It was pretty bad, huh? No, I enjoyed it. Oh, okay. I thought it was the best game we've maybe done. Like, <laughs> yeah, it's one, you won. Yeah, there was sure. no stupid thing again, at yeah. the end of the game to try to make Heath lose. Like, how did you not have a safeguard for if I was ahead after three rounds? Uh, I just think we, I thought we were running out of time. I didn't have I didn't have time to get that in there. Way no, to he deserved the win. He whipped my butt. Yeah. Uh, all right. And then just Mark last last sell high. Does anybody consider DeAndre Swift a sell high? Well, that's interesting. Yeah. If you can turn him into something really good. Okay. Give me an, Jonathan Taylor. Would you trade Swift for Taylor? Ah. Uh, I don't know if I, I would. I ran a Twitter poll. To do that. Several Twitter polls yesterday, trying to find what Zeke's value was in the community. And the one I ran with Zeke and Swift, they basically tied for first. I think Zeke might have won by one percent. Really, that's um, mind blowing to me. I, yeah. Um, well, I mean, Swift's been quite a bit better this year. Has he? He's got. Well, he's got nine, three more points per game. All right, give him a game against the Bucks, and we'll see how much better he's going to be. Sure. Uh, Mark, what what do you think? Would you would, do you like? Would you rather have DeAndre Swift or Jonathan Taylor? We'll start with that. Oh, I think DeAndre Swift at this point. Uh, that that the lines are going to be behind in a lot of games. Somebody's got to score, and he's the most talented and skilled lines player. So I, I think he's going to continue to get touches and 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 produce. Okay, what about Zeke? Would you rather have Zeke or Swift? I'll take Zeke in that instance. Zeke looked great. Um, on Monday night, he he really did. Yes, he, he really, he really. I was did. impressed. Yeah. Um. All right. So look, Swift. If if he is a sell high, you better be getting first round value for him because uh, he's uh he's, you know what? Just next year, every player who gets hurt in training camp, just draft that player. It's you're gonna get the great value on him. Uh, we're gonna finish with Apple Podcast questions. We'll run through those. But Mark, uh, we're gonna let you go. Thank you so much for your generous donation to St. Jude. Thank you so much for being on our show, listening to our show and um, congratulations on your poker win as well. And Thanks sorry so about much. what happened in Chicago. Have, have a, have a great rest of the season, fellas. Yes. Appreciate you, all you do. You, you were too, awesome. Mark. In the CFL, Mark. Bye. <laughs> Mark Dressman. Jeez. All right. Uh, all right. Apple podcast questions. Thank you so much for the five-star reviews. Please don't be afraid to leave an actual comment about what you like about the show. It doesn't just have to be a fantasy question. TJ is uh, 0-3. Should I trade Dalvin Cook for Aaron Jones in a standard scoring league? He's worried about going 0-4. Yeah, well, we don't know if Cook is missing the game yet. Would you do this trade? Trade Cook for Cook for Jones if you're 
I would try and get something with Jones still. Little bit. Bench. Yeah. Guy. I mean, it it really comes down. I I would try to wait. If it's Saturday or Friday and Dalvin Cook's not practiced, 100 percent would do that deal. Okay, but. grade the trade from uh, Big Dog Wyatt. I give up Keenan Allen and Miles Gaskin for Metcalf and Waddle. Keenan Allen and Gaskin for Metcalf and Waddle. I want the Allen Gaskin side. Uh, I want the Metcalf Waddle side, especially if it's PPR. Okay, uh, from Patrick. I was offered Brady, Gronk, and Mixon for either Aaron Jones or Eckler. And Williams or Pollard? I don't know which Williams that is. Could be Tyson. Could be Jamal. Jamal. I'm thinking Jamal. Probably not Mike. Yeah, it's probably Jamal. It could be Tyson or Jamal. Anyway, would you give up? No. Aaron Jones. Brady, Gronk, and Mixon is too much for that. No, that's what he's getting. Oh, then do it. Maybe it is Mike Williams. Yeah, I can't, I'm sorry, Patrick. I definitely need a little more context there. What if it's Tyrell? Then definitely do it. Is it a big downgrade from Jones or Eckler to Mixon? I don't think so. It's it's a downgrade, just not a big one. It's a bigger downgrade from Jones to Mixon than from Eckler to Mixon. Okay. Agreed. From uh, Cool to Cash. I'm 0-3 because of Robert Woods, Mike Davis, and a competent flex. I have Travis Kelsey... Should I make a huge haul from a Kelsey trade? Um, no. What's that? I would not. No. Depends on what the haul is. You know, are you getting Mark Andrews and James Robinson and Jacoby Myers? Apparently, Myers is in every trade that we're doing today. Tell me you would I, not take that trade for me. I would not take that trade. I'm saying that you would need a haul. You would need a pretty big haul to get rid of Kelsey. It would have to be a lot if better. You than need, that. And if you need starters, to make your team get out of the schneid, then you got to do what you got to do. Here's, I don't I think that's there on the trade chart, but it's in the neighborhood if it's PPR. Jonathan Taylor and Allen Robinson or Robert Woods and Noah Fant or Dallas Goddard or somebody like that. I okay. would do that. From Luis, I need a wide receiver. Uh, should I trade Kelsey for Kittle and Jamar Chase? Half PPR. I don't think it's enough. It's close. It's not uh, terrible. It's close, but it's not like... Not quite enough. It's not quite there on the trade chart. Okay. And Just from, like my Kelsey offer wasn't quite there on the trade chart. <laughs> from Chris Carmichael, if Le'Veon Bell is activated, I would love to hear the old Le'Veon Bell exit song. Who knows how many times you'll be able to be knocked the dust off of that thing. You're right. I should, I should dust that off. I'll try to play it on the mailbag. <laughs> <laughs> like the Friday. Ravens were trying to dust off Le'Veon Bell. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, everybody. Thanks so much for listening. Big shout out to Mark for joining us and for donating to St. Jude. And uh, we'll be back tomorrow with Starter Sit for the AFC Home Games. We'll see you later. Old Man Winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice and a good polar vortex. Oh, <laughs> heaven. Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, Old Man Winter. Spring has arrived. Spring. Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona, as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in. These deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now get 0% APR or up to 1,500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details. 